You're listening to the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by Referral Mortgages and Blue Panda Realty, with your hosts, Paul Stevenson, David Warren, and Greg Campbell. Let's see what's going on in the world of real estate in our nation's capital. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Welcome back. It's the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. (laughs) <laughs> <Good day. laughs> my name is Paul Stevenson. I am here with Greg Campbell and David Warren. I am one of the owners and a mortgage agent at Referral Mortgages. David is also an owner at Referral Mortgages and an expert mortgage agent. And Mr. Greg Campbell is here. He's a partner and a realtor over at Blue Panda Realty. We want to take a second and just give a quick shout out to our coffee sponsor as well, North Brew. Go to northbrew.ca. And use the promo code podcast and you'll get 20% off your coffee order. Almost missed that one. Um, And uh, coffee Monday. It's Monday, Tuesday. Whenever you're listening, coffee is delicious. Coffee is needed. We're here in Snowmageddon, gentlemen. How are you surviving over there? It's good. Hunkered in the basement. (laughs) Dave's windows just filled with snow. If anyone can see, he's just hunkered down. I really wanted to get into the office today after being away at the uh, cottage for so long, but uh, you know, snowmageddon, as you said. Yeah, Greg, you promised studio. There's going to be some disappointed listeners. That's all I'm saying. I know. <laughs> um, we should say as well for anyone who didn't listen last week that uh, another thank you to our listeners uh, and viewers, depending on how you're watching this, taking it in. Uh, we were nominated for podcast of the year, gentlemen, in 2021, which is amazing. And what uh, are the results coming? Thank in? you. Uh, January 31st is the last when day of voting. When do we win, Greg? When do we win? That's <laughs> when do we win? Question. Um, so if you go to Faces, if you look at Faces magazine, uh, the Auto Awards, you can vote once per day and the voting ends January 31st. And, uh, yeah. Awesome. If we, if we win that, that's craziness. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, amazing. Um, speaking of craziness. It- Greg, nope. tell us to actually tell us about your voyage to the cottage. You've been out of the city for no, no, no. I, I don't need to talk about that. Let's get into okay. it. I want to. I want to thank the people for asking us questions on the YouTube channel, mm. and mm. and and reviewing my responses. I, I love it. It's great because they're always great questions, and uh, you know, it's everyone has opinions, right? So it's. Um, I'm just happy to happy that we have that interaction. I want to see more of it, and I also yeah, want to see people writing reviews for us, please. Apple, Spotify, whatever. Write us some reviews. Five star only. Were, Greg, were there any? I know there was a lot of co- comments and questions this week. Um, were there any that jumped out at you that that? Um, oh, I'm of, trying to remember, man. Um, I'm throwing you on the spot here. Yeah, people are people are really hating on the uh, the inflation discussion, and also yes, that's want us to raise rates. They yeah. think rates need to go up, which we will touch on today. That is certainly a hot topic. And, um, yeah, inflation, that's kind of where rates and inflation, yeah. there's some, kind of a, a disagreement on the supply, the fact that there's still a massive supply issue truckers now not being able to cross the border for, uh, if they're not vaccinated, that's going to cause some supply further supply issues. So it'll be interesting to see what the, what the coming months have in store for us. It's, you know it's what? Really let's, let, let, sorry, let, let's talk about rates here quickly just before we do anything else. I, I want to know what you guys think here. I mean, it's we, we talk about it, but you know, f- for the rate increase to actually r- truly affect anything, how high does that have to be? So I think what people forget is that, for, like, 
pandemic hit March of 2020. February of 2020, the the typical five-year fixed rate with like a TD, a Scotia, you know, whatever, maybe CIBC, major six, they're around 329, 349 was your average like five-year fixed rate right before the pandemic hit and the rates plummeted. Um, we're still not even there yet. And, and the housing market, if you remember, when we were even talking about then, was busy back then pre-pandemic. Yeah. There were still bidding wars. There were still a lack of supply. And the rates were in the mid threes. Um, Prime was, uh, what, one and a half, 175, higher than where it is now. Um, I think it was 3.9 as, uh, as, as bank prime. So, you know, you've, there's a lot of runway and we still had housing supply issues. Like we weren't getting the same gains in, in home prices, but who would have said, who, who knows? Like that could have, you know, that is, you know, it's not always going to be at 20% like it was at, you know, the one in 2020, um, things like that. But I think it does, I think for rates where they need to be to, I don't know, like, I mean, even another half percent on fixed rates higher, it's still only going to be at what it was, or even not even at what it was pre-pandemic. There's uh, there's also exactly. two, there's two things to consider here too. One is the Bank of Canada's prime lending rate, which is kind of that overnight rate that they have. And then there's also the actual bank's prime lending rate. So those are two different things. People often assume like, oh, if prime's going up, then it's across the board. Typically, when the Bank of Canada's prime goes up, the banks will also follow suit. So if the Bank of Canada increases their lending rate by, say, a quarter percent, the banks then have the choice. Well, do we want to also raise our rates by a quarter percent or do we want to keep them where they are? And, mm. you know, we've seen typically they always take that opportunity. Uh, same thing. If the Bank of Canada lowers rates, the banks also have the choice. Well, do we want to lower our rate further than it already is, our prime lending rate, or do we want to keep it where it is? And so that's something that, you know, I don't think people understand it. There's two different rates that are kind of, that kind of need to move here. Typically they move together. Um, the other thing to consider is that, you know, from a qualifying standpoint or purchasing power, like people are still qualifying on the stress test rate, right. Mm -hmm. At five, over 5%. So, you know, from a qualifying standpoint, whether, you know, rates are at one in 1.45 or 3.45 is still qualifying currently at that, you know, five and a quarter. So, you know, as far as who's buying homes, it w I personally don't think it might change the, um, you know, the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it might balance the pricing out slightly, but I don't think it's going to change who's buying right. homes and, and what they're qualifying it's, for. It's going to remove a lot of the investors from the market is what it's going to do. Because mm -hmm. right now, like there's definitely been an uptick, a significant uptick. And there's a lot of numbers around that, that through the pandemic with rates being where they're at. That's been driving a lot of the market for because of investors, um, equity being built up in homes, being able to tap into that, rates being low, meaning that you can carry a property for less. Not qualifying is still the same, but you can carry the property for lesser cost because the mortgage rate is lower. So the rent, you know, buying a property at eight hundred thousand, with the rate being lower, would be as if you're buying at six hundred thousand, maybe. Um, so it, it allows you to buy. A higher price property and still be able to break even or make it make sense as an investor or cash flow even. Uh, so rents are going up too, right? Because then your spread is much higher on that investment so property. Yes. So like, but then exactly that, like as rates go up and as the cost of borrowing goes up, so will rents go up as well. Because no matter what, the investor still needs to, you know, be able to balance it out at least break even on that property. But what it, I think what it will do as rates go up, there'll be less investors buying multiple properties, um, which People looking for owner-occupied properties, well, there'll be more supply there. 
And on the flip side, there'll be less rentals. So rental prices, rental rates might go up. I mean, it's it's all a balancing act. I think right now the home prices have been going up, driven a lot by those investors. So as as an investor, if you know you're saying investors buying less properties, so with the rates going up, an investor, you know, to do it, I guess the smarter way where you can kind of make sense of it, you'd have to put more of a down payment on the property. So yeah. that the the actual loan cash flow makes sense with the you know with the interest rate plus the rent. Yeah. So you're saying like so instead of going out and buying two properties, someone might buy one and put down you know five hundred thousand on one property or something like that. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And tying I mean, up the money in there, and or even beyond that, it becomes you know what's the opportunity cost? You know, I could get that one property and put five hundred thousand down. What's my rate of return going to be? Or right. am I going to put it in something else instead? Not in the real estate market. Because I can right. maybe get a better gain in the equities market or the crypto market or the bond market or whatever it may be, right? Um, people just look at diversifying. Like real estate is just a different asset class for yeah. investment diversification. Um, I, th- I think also to people, investors specifically, they're buying homes with the expectation that they're going to have that break even as well from from a you know rental offset. Whereas I think in years past. If you bought an investment property, there's kind of the expectation that you might have to put some of your skin in the game every month, whether it be 300, 500, whatever. So we might see that balance out a bit too, David, where hmm. people buying those investment properties might need to put that extra couple hundred a month in themselves into that investment, as opposed to having it carry itself, which we've been seeing for you know three to five years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I think most I mean, people, when they buy a rental property, they expect to get rent that's higher than the mortgage payment, which I think in the past was not necessarily the case. You'd kind of be like, okay, well, this is a good offset. We only have to put 500 exactly. into this instead of 1500. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that shifts as well with the rental, you know, rental prices going up or down and, and uh, investors buying or, or exiting the market, as Dave was mentioning. I will say, you know, everyone, this is being released on, uh, on Tuesday, the 18th. Um, you know, over the weekend, there were a number of banks, even this morning, a number of banks, uh, indicating that they're going to be raising their fixed rates um, over the next couple of days, like today, tomorrow, we're Monday right now, uh, but over the next couple of days. Um, so, you know, we'll see where that goes. Again, it just beca- that's the fixed rate that's moving, not the variable rate. Bank of Canada has not increased prime. Prime is still where it is. Variable rates are still where they're at. The spread become between fixed and variable is just even that much more. Um it's you know it really it really perplexes me when anyone asks about fixed rate fixed rates when the spread you know we talked about it before and we've kind of talked ad nauseum but even now it's becoming even greater than six times like you need more than six increases in prime to for the variable rate to catch up to the fixed um, and that's only that spread is only increasing so. Um, and some people yeah. are saying, like we had that article earlier that was saying you know now they're saying it went from eight to eleven down to now expected six increases. And the Bank of Canada is still saying, you know, we can't, we can't do that. Like, there's other factors involved that, you know, maybe these people that are writing these articles uh, don't fully understand what impact those sorts of increases mm-hmm. have on everything. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, so it's not as cut and dry as just, well, let's let's bump it up a half percent and see what happens. You know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of dice that uh, or a lot of uh, dominoes that fall when that sort of thing happens, and, and good or bad. I mean, it just there's a lot of implications. It's not just a simple. Let's increase mortgage rates to balance out the market. It's there's many more moving parts to it than that. And it's not just the re, it's not just the real estate market that comes into play. Like you know, you raise, mm-hmm. you know, we've got inflation. That's all all consumer goods. But then also you raise um, you raise rates too quickly, prime too quickly. It also then 
makes uh, exports to other countries less interesting. Uh, and so that, that decreases our export business or uh, international investments in Canada, things like that, that really drive our economy too. So people well, were unsecured kept- lending too, right? Anything that's based yeah. on prime, like lines of credit and all that, all that would increase as well, <laughs> because it's all based on prime plus X amount. So if prime goes up, all your, the interest on all of your credit products goes up as well. Yeah, it's it's a it's something where people I find it funny that people would even comment saying that they're they want interest rates to increase. It's like, you know, yeah, because it might slow down the market a little bit from a real estate perspective only, but all of your other borrowing costs go up. Like your your, yeah. your monthly cash flow decreases. So mm-hmm. um, like whether it's student lines of credit, student loans, your you know, unsecured lines of credit, mortgage mortgages, um, they're all affected. So it'll be uh, car loans, you know, right now they're low, like the rates will just increase accordingly as well. Um, everything, the cost of everything. Yeah. Yeah. In addition to right now and, you know, the cost of yeah. everything have an increase. So yeah, if companies need to like, borrow, if companies need to borrow more money to get you your goods, then they're going to pass that off to you. Like it's going to yeah. increase the cost mm-hmm. of everything. So it's not, it's not actually going to, there's a, there's a lot of things involved here. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of skyrocketing, Gregory, <laughs> yeah, I'd love to get into some of the. I saw some headlines this week. Uh, Thirty-nine offers on a home in Ajax. Dave, you were talking about ninety-two showings in Oxford Mills, which is near yeah. like Kempville, like you yeah, know, like an hour out of Ottawa. This, uh, this ninety-two this come showings. Out, yeah, this will come out after the listing date, so I'll find right. out for next show what what it went at. But uh, a real friend of mine, he's, houses are buzzing. Yeah, what he's we, got we, 92, 92 showings on a property in Oxford Mills over the weekend. Offer, offer dates today, Monday. So we'll see for next uh, week's episode how much it went for over. But yeah, Oxford Bills. I had to pull up a Google, I had to pull up Google Maps. I had no idea where that is. Heard of it. I'm it sure is. someone, I'm sure you guys have also seen, Greg, I'll, I'll let you go after this because I know you got some stats for us that I'm sure people are waiting to hear. But I'm sure people saw on social media that I think it was Vaughn Mills. They had, you know, uh, t- you know, two years or 18 months ago, uh, 750,000 today, like 1.6 million or something. Oh, yeah. It was like a recent sale. And then I commented a buddy of mine posted it and I said, well, I said, it's actually, if you look at the date, it's actually like July of 2019. So it's like pre-pandemic. It's actually like two and a half years, not 18 months. And it's in a deve- an area that's been developed, like literally tripled in size in the last two years. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's a few factors in there. So uh, yes, it's wild that it's doubled in value, but also, you know, the area has tripled in size. We had COVID, which drove prices up. Supplies were down. Like there's so many factors. So it's, you know, yes. You mean, at a, Paul, you mean level, a meme? Amazing. A meme wasn't accurate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the troll farms and the troll farms have got me again. You know? <laughs> I got Give some us numbers. The numbers. Yeah. Okay. So b- before Steven, before you bring up that slide there, um, this is something that I should have done as well, uh, just so everyone could see, but everyone's listening. So um, right now in the first two weeks of uh, the year. So that right now there's 13, um, uh, excuse me starting over again. <laughs> there's been in the last two weeks, there's been 414 sales. There's 164 conditionally sold right now. And there's 807 active homes and there's 712 total for rent active right now. So that's similar to what I was saying last week, but the 712 total for rent still blows my mind. Um, a lot of those have been on the market for a while and they, um, some of them are dropping in price. Um, but we're back to seeing, uh, in terms of, the market, I think, Stephen, you can bring that up now. And I've been feet on the ground the last couple of days. So that's Orleans first, right? 
let me just bring this up again here. It there disappeared on me. So I can read it out if you want, Craig. No, I got it. So Orleans, we've got only two active homes. This is as of this morning. So we got two, two active, two active townhomes between 400 and 700 K. Let me add that the 400 K is obviously an unreserved auction sale. So that's why the numbers are skewed there so much. Um, there's been 19 sold between 400,000 and 780 since January 1st. Average list price is 615. Average sales price is 667. Last week, the average sales price in Orleans was 650. So that shows you that that's already up an additional mm -hmm. 17,000 based on these numbers. Average days on market 12. And the average days on market 12, I think, is partially because of uh, auctions as well, because they stay on longer. So currently, one conditional sale is 699. Um, what do you got there next, Barhaven? And for anyone who's listening, if you go to YouTube, you can actually see Greg's got nice visuals here that he's going through. So if you want to actually see the numbers, yeah, instead of writing them down good. yourself. <laughs> you good point, Paul. That. Good point. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Good point. Uh, so Barhaven, townhomes, nine active between 500 and 650. Uh, seven have sold between 550 and 800 since January 1st. Average list price, 632. Average sales price, 696. Wow. Average days on market, six. Currently, two conditional sales averaging 690. So conditional sales about the same as Orleans. Um, these are townhomes. Ta these are townhomes. So like yeah. six seventy five right now is the average in Ottawa. It and, looks like. and most of them three bedroom townhomes. Most of them three bedrooms. So let's get into the next one for Canada. Canada Stittsville. I should have added Riverside South to the Barhaven one. Sorry about that, guys. But uh, maybe for next week because I think I should be doing this weekly so everybody oh, yeah. can see the consistency of what's happening here. Uh, okay. Uh, townhomes, Canada, Stittsville, nine active between 575 and 725, 11 sold between 550 and 800 K since January 1st, average list price, 676, average sales price, 725. Average six days, days on market, six days, currently one conditional sale, again, 699. So the market is hot. I know that there was a, um, there was a three-bedroom town in Canada, Canada Lakes, that sold for seven thirty-five over the weekend. Um, anyway, so I don't know what this means. Like, I don't know how much it's going to keep going up. The average, the sales price list to sales ratio was one hundred and eight percent, basically across the board. Um, I know some buyers are getting nervous. Like the people that I'm working with are are, are a little bit nervous, but um, all we can do is just. Uh, you know, keep moving forward. And, you know, when, when you're ready to submit those offers, I will say that I was out this weekend on, um, on Sunday. And from the time I started booking showings on Friday, there was, uh, we, I think we had nine listings that we could see. And then by yesterday, I think we saw four because the other ones got preemptive offers and, uh, were sold mm. by the time that we, that we headed out on Sunday. Great time to sell. Right now, think, great time to sell. Yeah, I think there's something in there that's interesting, though, Greg, that you, that you alluded to is, uh, and I was talking to somebody else over the weekend about it is the buyer fatigue. Um, yeah. you know, we 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 gave you a window in the uh, in the fall yeah. of last year of when to buy. Those of you that didn't listen to Torup and uh, take our advice, but but what ends up happening right now, and it becomes challenging, I know, for people like yourself, Greg, uh, for realtors, is that your buyers are out shopping, trying to put offers get tired and soured by the market because they, they lose out and then they get fatigued. And even when it becomes a good opportunity to buy maybe later in the year, when more supply comes, they're fatigued from the experience prior in the <laughs> year that they just think this is ongoing and continuing and they don't want to even bother anymore. Mm -hmm. And they kind of miss out on those windows. How do you, 
as you know, as a realtor that really likes to engage with your <clears throat> your clients regularly, like how do you keep them um, from getting too fatigued and and uh, and kind of in that continuous process? It's it's not easy. Like you just have to keep them motivated, and it's a learning process though too because you know some people I was working with at the end of the year, first time buyers again, and you know, the importance of having the finance clause was key to them and, you know, key to their broker as well, whoever that may have been. And although we know the market when it started, started picking up a little bit towards the end of last year. And, you know, we went in and, and almost everyone I went in with, we lost and, you know, we lost one or two before the Christmas break and there was, there was nothing up. And so now they're seeing this and now they're kind of like, shit, you know, we should have listened to you um, back then. And what, not, not so much listen to me. Like I, I don't say, you know, I just give the advice. I say, this is what you're going to need to do to get this. But I understand if you're not comfortable doing that, mm-hmm. you know? And then I also say, I said, as we go on each one, we lost I'm like, as we go on, you'll start to understand more. So now I'm working with people and I'm telling them, I'm like, look, you know, you can either keep going for what you want, or you can maybe downgrade a bit and then you can get something a little bit smaller for now to get in the market for a couple of years. You'll keep money in your pocket and then you can move forward later. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, you know, I also make the suggestion that, you know, maybe the smaller home, it'll be easier to sell later as well because the prices won't be as inflated. I mean, it's just a hypothetical, but, you know, historically yeah. it's kind of how it'll work. So, I mean, it's just motivation. Like I try to keep everybody hype, you know, and they usually, yeah. <laughs> they usually thank me for it. They're like, Oh, thanks, you know, for keeping me motivated and everything. But then, but like you said, you know, some people last year, they just, uh, you know, they dipped when we told them not to dip and they missed mm-hmm. the window where you could have that financing condition and you could have that inspection condition. No problem. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I do hate right now is that, and you know, I'm a big believer in this is that all of the, every single listing that I've seen come out, none of them have had pre-inspections, none. Mm-hmm. And so people, so we're back to people buying with no inspection, no financing. Um, again, mostly I, I stick kind of in the townhome realm because that's the most popular uh, price point in the city, but no pre-inspections. Like I'm, I'm kind of pissed that realtors aren't, aren't doing that because it's a benefit to help Big the stuff stamp. be confident. It's, it's not, it's not cool, but you know, you don't want to spend the 500 bucks. Sure. The seller say, should that, spend that money cheap. anyways. I was going to say, that's the cheap realtor. That, that's the realtor not doing their, not only not doing their job, but also but being everybody's like exceptionally cheap on it. Like there should be, if you're going to list like that, you should be providing that. Like you see in a market like this, where you know, you're going to get a hundred eyes on it. Right. Yeah. The numbers, I mean, the numbers, it's basically 50,000 over list and you're not going to spend like with taxes, five sixty five for a home inspection yeah. just to make the, the buyer coming in a little bit more confident. I mean, it's, it's weird to me, but everybody's got their own way of doing things. I don't know. With, with how competitive the market is right now, Greg, are you seeing more agents also double ending, like bringing in their own clients? No, kind of, no, no. And the thing is with a lot of people that it may seem like a double end, it would be somebody else on their team or in their brokerage. But I mean, usually what happens is, you know, when there's multiple offers, we send out emails to all the agents. So everyone's aware how many offers have come in mm-hmm. and, and they'll usually be a post saying, uh, none are from my office. None are from my team. Right. And just to let everyone know. And then they'll also say, and there will not be a commission, uh, discount. 
So if they're double ending, they're double ending at the same commission split that they'd be offering the buyer. Just so there's just so it's an even playing field. Yeah. Um, you know, people think, you know, double ending, it, it can be a little bit sketchy. Like I said, I don't, I don't do it at all, but, um, some people still do, but I, I haven't been paying that close attention to all the deals, but most of them are that I've, that I have looked at or are sold by other buyer brokerages. Yeah. I think yeah. it'd be, when would they be, or have you heard word from the board of when they're maybe going to institute some of those rules that they alluded to last year of, uh, you know, removing the double ending and, and uh, stuff like that, or mandatory finance clause. Yeah, I haven't read anything about that recently. Okay. I'm sure it's going to come out in the next couple months, but yes. whenever it comes into effect, who knows? I guess. I guess the more. I guess it probably went away because the election ended and the market was a little bit cooler, <laughs> a little bit softer. But I imagine now with it, you know, yeah. being if it's you know as bi- as busy a market right now as it will be for the next you know foreseeable future, that uh, that maybe it'll pick up more steam again. Be interesting well, what be. impact if they added a mandatory 10-day financing clause to every offer, how that would impact the market. You know what? But it hasn't impacted in Quebec. That that's what it is in Quebec. And Montreal has a booming market as well. Um, you know, and it just it gives you that it should be there. Insurance. It yeah. should be there. It you know, people people think that it's not, you know, that it's gonna slow down prices or slow the market. I think it doesn't because you still have you, you might have turnover of properties going back on the market. Because of people uh, yeah, not right, being qualified or putting in offers, putting in offers where they're maybe not pre-approved or not set up or or qualified to even put that offer in, maybe you get those those people submitting. But um, by and large, I mean, you look at like I said, you look at the Montreal market, and it's it's a very it's always been a very strong market, and you still have those clauses uh, in Quebec of a mandatory finance and home inspection clause for ten business days. It should be great. there. Yeah, yeah. We should absolutely have that yesterday (laughs) so we're mid-january now it's already been we're almost well we're over halfway through first month of 2022 so what are we thinking what's the what's this spring shaking up to do here all things considered schools were supposed to open today okay sports are supposed to be starting up yes school or sports are supposed to be starting up again end of the month so we got a little bit of uh you know spring normalcy coming back we still have a huge lack of inventory Yeah, and people should be selling their homes. But I also still think that there's a little bit of fear because where are they going to go? Oxford mills, Oxford mills. <laughs> no, you got a hundred eyes on it over a weekend. You're not that's going true. to Oxford mills. That's true. <laughs> that's what, I, that's what I wanted to tell you. So uh, on top of that Oxford mills listing. So I don't know, you guys are probably familiar with Taffy lane in Orleans. Anybody that's yeah. familiar with Ottawa, it's a big, the streets all lit up at Christmas time. They put on a big show. We had a client by there last around year. the block. It's lit. Um, anyway. So the, there's a four bedroom single, that is decent. I went and saw it the other day. The layout's great. There's some things that you could do to make it amazing, but it's basically original. So 1976, it's basically original. It's on for 400,000. And I think they've probably had over 150 showings on it. Is that unreserved? No, no, it's with P it's with P long. And, uh, anyways, the offers are tonight. So the comp's gotta be 900. No, the comps, like the last I sales, I sold one. We, we, we did, we did a deal there, Paul, yeah. uh, last year. And I think it was six. So like they've been selling for six, six twenty-five. Mm. Uh, so this at four needing a full reno, I'm kind of like, it needs like a 250, 250 reno easy mm-hmm. more. Uh, so yeah. to bring it up to, 
I don't know. I don't know. It could be, it could be worth seven though, because it would be all a completely new modern finish seven or maybe even more. But I mean, I don't know. I'm anxious to see. So next week I'll tell now you the question good location. Is, do, do buyers take into account the fact that they're also going to need a hundred K Christmas lights, uh, budget yeah. and hundred K a year in lighting yeah. budget. I yeah. need a 30 foot Santa to get on that street. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. That's for those that don't know. Yeah. For those that don't know, they, uh, you actually get a letter from the neighbors and like some of the neighbors will come and greet you and like super friendly street, but they'll come and tell you like, yeah, you're expected to, you know, participate okay. in our, uh, in our Christmas activities. <laughs> don't expect yeah, to leave your house in December. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, I guess we'll, uh, I guess for next week, we'll have the numbers on that uh, listing on Taffy and we'll also have the numbers for on Oxford. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see. And I'll have, and I'll have more numbers. I'm going to keep yeah. rolling with this because uh, I think it's good for everybody to see and uh, prepare for prepare better for if, if they're waiting for spring, um, if they're waiting to list, if they're waiting to buy, whatever it looks like, everybody just needs to, um, you know, come up with a plan and, and see what happens. Because the only thing I was talking to somebody about this the other day, the only thing that I can see right now for the foreseeable future until like, you know, like I said, the rates go to a place where like it collapses, which is not going to happen. Exactly. Um, the only way to slow it down is, is for the buyers to cap out their price, but that's can't really happen because you're always going to have that one or two people that are going to, they're not going to care what they're spending. Um, until they have to care, I guess. But, but so the, the comparison is, is that we like Ottawa has a higher household income, median household income than Toronto and Vancouver. Right. So look at the prices in Vancouver. Look at the prices in, yes, you've got a lot of international buyers in Vancouver. Don't get me wrong. Same as Toronto, but we have a higher household income than both of those major cities. And you're getting a bachelor condo for 700,000 in Toronto. Um, you know, 600 square foot right. in St. Lawrence market, you're getting a bachelor for 700 K. So like there is room for Ottawa to go. Mm -hmm. um, it's just that we're not used to it and we're getting more used to it because this is like a couple of years of the same sort of pricing and, and mm -hmm. slowly increasing, but um, yeah. We, well, and the population, we, like they still plan to intensify Ottawa, right? So they're they're If they can get buildings on the ground, the plan is to, increase the foothold and, and also the amount of homes in Ottawa, which should potentially balance out the market, but it's a matter of, is there going to be more people here first or more homes? And it certainly looks like there's going to be more people than homes in the foreseeable future. So that's just going to keep driving prices up and up. I, I, and then, you know, and then, you know, forward down the line, I know we people, it's kind of like a running joke in Ottawa, but the LRT will continue to expand those lines that are being run east to west and south are going to be finished over the next year. I think it is the South line to the airport will be done hitting all uh, South end all the way down. And then you're going to have the East and West over the next, I think it's two years from now or something like that. That's just going to expand communities in Orleans and Rockland. And, you know, because it'll be that commuter being able to, uh, to reach those. So I think that, that also brings, when you have a full transit system like that rail, it does bring in other outside eyes from, uh, from international cities or, or other we're on track. Also. We're on track. Yeah, yeah. So we have, so Ottawa, did Ottawa have the most immigration last year out of all cities in Canada? I know I Ontario. Does anyone did. know that stat? I Ontario know, did, right? Carleton Place was the largest, was the quickest yes. ruling city in all of Canada. But 4.7% yeah. or 3.8%. Yeah, yeah, pretty nuts. Oh, uh, 
Yeah, no, I yeah. heard also recently that the light rail, there's talk now because of everyone working from home and so on, that it might actually stop at Moody because Moody's kind of the last stop they're putting together mm-hmm. right now, West, and they're talking of no longer continuing with that phase three or phase four, whatever the next phase is, um, because there's not as many people going to the downtown core and so on. So the debate, they should maybe reallocate yeah. that money. I, th- I think they need to look at like, you know, a lot of times they look at the here and now and not 20 years from now of what mm-hmm. people will be doing. And so yeah. I think that's oh. where they need to look Can- at. Canada's <laughs> not just, or, uh, not Ottawa's just notorious for that. Yeah. Ottawa's just, notorious for that like, bad planning. You mean reacting instead of being proactive? <laughs> yeah. Correct. I think that's, I think that's the Correct. whole country. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, Canada. Should we slide into the mood boost, gentlemen? <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. I got to redeem myself. Last week was, uh, last week was something. Okay. So I got, uh, four to five. We'll see how the first couple hit. Um, so Bill walked to the fridge for a snack, knocks on the fridge door. And his wife says, why'd you knock on the fridge door? Bill replies in case there's a salad dressing. Okay. 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 Number two, um, which bird has the worst manners. A mockingbird. Wow. A mockingbird. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Um, becoming a vegetarian is one big missed steak. It's <laughs> <laughs> good. And last but not least, a friend asked me, are you free tomorrow? I said, no, I'm expensive. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm expensive. I like that one. Yeah. All right. Those were, those were good. Those are a couple of them were good. You're redeeming yourself. You're on your you're on the upward trajectory. Yeah. I'm gonna have to hit up my aunt again. I'm gonna have to hit up my aunt for a couple of bangers. Um uh, everyone who is listening, if you're if it's still snowing when you're listening to this, <laughs> Godspeed. Um <laughs> There's got to be at least 20 centimeters outside. I can barely see out my window. <laughs> I wish. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. I could. I have a my my barbecue outside has like a a, a good like two feet on it of snow. Um. Anyways, thank you everyone for bearing with us <laughs> as we ramble. Uh, thanks to our producer Stephen Hopkins. Uh, if you guys need any, uh, if you have production needs, <laughs> if you need if you need anything. I think Steven's got you. Uh, as always, shout out to North Brew. Go to northbrew.ca, northbrew coffee, northbrew.ca. Use the promo code podcast and you'll get 20% off all of your coffee orders. And 20% of your order also goes to um, Ottawa housing projects, correct, Greg? Yeah. Ottawa homeless housing projects. Um, so, yeah, we'll be back. We'll be back next week. We record once a week. We release these on YouTube and podcast platforms 10 a.m every tuesday anywhere you want to see us we're there thanks again though to everyone listening uh if you're listening right now feel free to leave us a review we would love that and appreciate it and gentlemen any closing remarks this week no just amazing here we go again january 2022 get ready and vote vote. and vote. vote and vote Do you civic duty and vote for Torum? Yeah, it's true. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Have a great week, everyone. See you soon. See ya. The Ottawa Real Estate Podcast is brought to you by Referral Mortgages, Blue Panda Realty, and Stephen Hopkins Video. 
Thanks for tuning in. And please remember to like, comment, share, and most importantly, subscribe. We'd love to hear from you.